This is Rabbi Yonatan Yudrin, and welcome to the Sparks from the Fire Torah Podcast, brought to you by the RRG Beit Midrash, the spiritual home for Hebrew University students on campus. Parshat Vezotabracha. Why does Moshe cry? V'yamot sham Moshe eved Adonai be'eretz Moav al pi Adonai. So Moshe, the servant of the Lord, died there, in the land of Moab, at the command of the Lord. I have to admit, this year as I read through the final words of the Torah, I got a little choked up. We followed Moshe's entire life, from birth to death, and for his journey to end in Moab, and not in the land of Israel, feels quite tragic. But more than that, Am Yisrael has lost their heroic leader, their redeemer, their prophet, their king. Though Yeshua is a worthy successor, there is no replacement for Moshe. And as Joni Mitchell sang, you don't know what you got till it's gone. With Moshe's passing, the nation fully realizes the extent of their loss, and they wept for Moshe for 30 days. What was the nation lamenting as Moshe walked off stage? Never again did there arise in Israel a prophet like Moshe, whom the Lord knew face to face for the various signs and omens that the Lord sent him to display in the land of Egypt against Paro and all his courtiers and his whole country and for all the great might and awesome power that Moshe displayed before all Israel. They cried for their spiritual guide who had a direct line to the divine. They reminisced about the incredible miracles that Moshe initiated in Egypt, from the ten plagues to the splitting of the sea. And what was his great might and awesome power? That he guided them through a totally uninhabitable desert for forty years and brought down the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. Though the text doesn't mention it explicitly, apparently there are more tears being shed in our Parsha. In the passage that describes Moshe's death, the Midrash asks a fascinating question. Could Moshe write the words, Moshe died? The Midrash raises two possibilities. Maybe Yehoshua wrote this passage along with the last eight verses of the Torah. It raises a second possibility. Moshe wrote them prior to his death. But these words were so painful to write, Moshe cried as he wrote them. I'd like to focus on the second answer of the Midrash. On a simple level, the Midrash makes a lot of sense. I mean, wouldn't you cry if you had to write about your imminent death? But let's think a little bit deeper about this. Why was Moshe crying? Was he feeling a sense of loss or disappointment? Was he filled with sadness because he never entered the land of Israel? Did he regret his outburst of anger, which cost him the opportunity to enter the promised land? Perhaps. But people cry for many reasons, and sadness is only one of them. Clinical psychologist Dr. Ad Winnerhaust, in a TED Talk titled, Why Do Only Humans Weep?, said, So adults not only cry in negative situations, such as losses, failures, and helplessness, but also in opposite, positive situations, e.g. the intensification of relationships, all kinds of pro-social behaviors, and exceptional performances. 
Perhaps the tears of Moshe moments before his passing were not tears of despair, but rather tears of contentment and joy. Moshe looked at the nation standing poised to inherit the promised land. He, more than anyone, knows where they came from and what it took to get them here. As he took one last look at them, he was filled with relief. His task was completed successfully. The failures along the way only made this historic moment all the sweeter, and Moshe can now step gracefully off stage. These two explanations assume that Moshe's final gaze is pointed at the nation, and though Moshe's love and dedication for Am Yisrael is undeniable, perhaps his very last moment on earth was not focused on the nation, but rather on God. In Psalm 126, the psalm that is recited before Birkat Mazon on Shabbat and holidays, the last verse reads, Haloch yelech uvacho, nosei meshech chazara, bo yavo verina nosei alumotav. Though he walks along with tears, carrying the seed bag, he shall come back with songs of joy, carrying his sheaves. The simple reading of the verse describes how the farmer is brought to tears by the anxiety over his seeds. What will happen to them when he plants them in the ground? Will they be lost? But when these seeds bring forth crops, he is then filled with joy. The Baal Shem Tov has another reading of this verse, which relates to our question about Moshe's tears. He says that if a person feels far from God, i.e. that he's walking away from God, and this fills the person with sadness and tears, then he will be carrying the seed bag, i.e. his sadness will motivate him to work on himself so that he can feel close to God. This attitude will bring forth fruit. But if a person is content and sees himself already as close to God, he will become complacent. Then in the end he will fall spiritually, and he will only be carrying barren sheaths of wheat with no seeds. According to this reading, Moshe's tears are representative of loss. These tears are not focused on the past, but rather on the future. Moshe is walking away from God, whom he knows as well as any person ever could. As he walks towards the end, Moshe cries tears of pain that he will never again speak to his beloved God face to face. The intimacy and connection they shared in this world will be no longer. And so as he walks away from God, he cries. But as the Baal Shem Tov teaches, these tears will sprout fruit for Moshe in ways we cannot know and for the nation he guided for 40 years. Even today we are still harvesting the seeds that Moshe planted. The Torah, Torah Moshe, is an Eitz Chaim, a tree of life, one that flourishes throughout the generations. Moshe is always and forever our greatest teacher. Even in his last moment on earth, as Moshe turns away one last time and his face is filled with tears, he teaches us that we must always strive to grow closer to God, no matter who we are. The opportunity to do so is the sweetness of life that will produce fruit not only for our own efforts, but for those who will come after us. As we reach the end of the Torah this year, I want to take a moment and say thank you. 
First of all, thanks to all of you who take time out of your busy schedules to listen to the podcast, and especially to all of you who have sent feedback. I want to give a special heartfelt thank you to my wife and editor, Dina. Not only did she read over every word before I recorded it, but she made numerous sacrifices each and every week, so I had the time and quiet needed in order to record. It could not have happened without her. I want to thank my partner, mentor, and rabbi, Rabbi Reuven Grodner, for his constant support, encouragement, and feedback. I want to thank my student, Shira Kaplan, for helping me through the technical details of getting the podcast off the ground. I want to thank my friend Yehuda Simon for helping me to work out the audio and recording details. I want to thank my friend Rav Ari Zev Schwartz for his constant encouragement and feedback. Lastly, I want to thank Hashem for the ability to share and teach Torah and for the inspiration and insights that I've been granted over the last year. As always, thanks so much for listening. I wish you all a Shana Tova, a truly sweet and healthy year filled with many new Torah insights. Stay tuned for the next chapter of Sparks from the Fire.